0: All right, boys and girls, we're back with another episode of The Millennial Entrepreneur. We took a break for 2020 for Christmas, and now we're back in 2021 after New Year. And it's so exciting to be back. I can't tell you. I'm so excited to be back in front of the microphone. And I hope that you guys um, are as excited as me for the return, because I really missed you guys. So I'm so glad to be back in front of the microphone, kicking off with a big episode today. I'm really excited. We recorded this one just before the New Year so i'm really happy to finally you know release it to you guys it was one of my favorite episodes actually so in this episode i spoke with kamal an instagram influencer and a fitness entrepreneur and the founder of fortitude fitness we had an amazing chat and there was so much value for you guys like you have you have no idea it was so so valuable there's laughs there was value there's insight there was wisdom there was the whole lot all bundled up into a millennial entrepreneur podcast episode so what do we cover we covered how he created a successful fitness brand and a gym from the ground up from scratch and the steps that he took to actually do that and hopefully some of you can follow in in those footsteps we also cover how he grew and monetized his instagram to now making thousands of pounds a month just from instagram alone and more importantly how you can do that today also and lastly, his tips where it comes to TikTok. We spoke a little bit about it towards the end and there's a lot of valuable insight and I really hope that you guys like that as well. Be sure to stay to the very end because Kamal shares some really funny stories and some absolute horror Instagram DMs where he's received them in the past. He's got quite a big following on Instagram. I think I last check, 55,000. So it's pretty big and he gets a lot of weird DMs and we discovered those in um, the end of the episode today. They're just flat out weird and creepy. They're really strange, but they're quite funny. So we cover them towards the end. But otherwise, again, I want to say how grateful I am to be back in 2021. I didn't know how long this podcast would last. So it's really, really reassuring that we've made it this far and hopefully here's to another big year for the millennial entrepreneur. So without further ado, let's get on with the episode. Okay, hey, Kamal, how you doing?
1: Very well, my man, how you doing?
0: Mate, it feels so good to be recording once again. I haven't actually, I was telling you before before we mm. hit record, I haven't actually recorded a podcast in in like, it feels like a while actually. I don't think it was actually that long ago. It just feels like quite a long time. A few
1: weeks, a few weeks, wasn't
0: it? Yeah, like because, I mean, I've been pretty much recording every week since April. And if you miss like a couple of weeks, it just feels like ages.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure we'll end up stuttering all over the place for the next few minutes
0: <laughs> well it's just i mean i guess it's like you if, if you haven't been to the gym like a couple of weeks you feel like it's been like like ages since you've been to the gym
1: no nah, right? man i'm literally perfect every single time i show up i'm joking i'm joking yeah <laughs> definitely yeah, definitely not literally as soon as we got back to the gym um a few weeks back my arms were shaking on like the lightest whatever. ever
0: yeah but you pick up quite quickly like you get into it it's the same with any sort of skill really i've found muscle memory exactly yeah so it's the same with like recording same with same with like gym same with like sports anything really I, I've, mm-hmm. I've thought so we start off with a gym reference so that's a hint for people <laughs> for what's going to come up yeah so i really want to talk about you and how you basically built a brand around around fitness and how you build a brand around you know exercise it's a passion for loads of people but we've never actually like covered it on the podcast before we've never actually covered like Building, you know, a business around that sort that passion. And it's you know, it's a passion for many people. So how did you actually get into that?
1: Well, dude, I actually kind of fell into it. So um I went to that was a really cool, you know, sixth form college that was newly built in uh, in my town. So I went there because I had really sick Macs, I had really good sort of um facilities. So I did design tech, I did uh, PE as one of the lessons, and I did some maths and all that sort of stuff. So basically, dude, I failed all my other subjects apart from PE um And then PE, I kind of you know scraped, and I was like, "Dude, I'm I'm just terrible at academics." So then I decided, you know what? Why don't I um you know switch, pivot? The, I mean, the only thing I actually enjoyed out of my course was uh, was PE. So myself and uh, a friend who I've met at college called Jason and my old friend Kieran, we we all went to another college, did our you know personal training course and sports management course, and that's when the kind of penny dropped uh, for the first time ever where we did a course and. Um, one of our teachers was, she was telling us about um, an event that they did ages ago, event where they had loads of massage tables and people were massaging uh, people at the event for, you know, I don't know, like 15, 20 pounds a go. So we we're like, wow, 15, 20 pounds. So back in college, I was like, this is cool. Definitely want to do that. So me and Jason took it uh, very seriously. We, um, you know, we did our uh, sports massage courses and we did our first event uh went terrible we got like two people and you know the event had like five thousand people there so like wow we are terrible so then we did it all over again the next year so we didn't learn our lesson but we got we got like eight people next year so we kind of started doing that and simultaneously we i think the first time we got a taste of um, you know a bit of income as well and realizing the power of social media is when you know that's when it first got into twitter and on Twitter, we said, you know, we're in this fitness team, we do training plans and stuff like that. Bearing in mind, you know, we were, you know, level one coaches at that point. And we weren't even qualified to do that. So it's pretty much, yeah, it was illegal. Um, so we got contacted by this lady who was a competitor. Her name is Tara, wonderful lady. And she was a level three personal trainer. And she reached out to us and she said, hey guys, can you help me sort of prepare for um, my competition? I just need like an eight week plan uh, to bulk up some weight. So we're like, yeah. 100 percent. so we're like this is the coolest thing ever as if we just managed to make like 50 pounds or whatever it was so you know we've we got little aspects you know little taste of making money for massage for training so because massage made us a little bit more money at the time we we're like okay we need to focus on getting massage so i went to an old place that i used to do some work experience at which was a gym so i came down and said uh, hey ivan is there uh, any chance that i can you know hire out your room Do some massage there and he said yes I was like, wow, this is the coolest news ever. Uh, so I called Jason up literally immediately after. I was like, yo, Jason, guess what? We'll have a room. Because, um, you know, it was challenging driving everywhere, trying to do massage at people's houses. Um, so, yeah, that's the first time we kind of got our first brick and mortar style business. Uh, we had a facility. We had people come down. Not that many people because, again, we're terrible at marketing and all that sort of stuff. So um, that's when I kind of realized that, you know, you you need some level of um lead generation and all that sort of stuff that's when i personally started to explore business um you know prior to that i still used to read some development books and stuff but that's when i could really apply my knowledge so that's when i started taking instagram very seriously i've met a friend uh called aaron and he used to have a a clothing brand called built by nature um so i helped him do some digital marketing there so you know i I managed to accumulate some knowledge around social media and you know um mine mine and jason's knowledge kind of helped us get the members that we needed. Uh, for the gym which we eventually took over
0: i think honestly that just highlights how like well firstly how, how you got the taste for you know building businesses around around fitness but also you could have the best service or product you know it doesn't have to just be like fitness specific but if that marketing or if that sort of lead generation isn't there if people don't know about you like it's never gonna that's happen. It. Like yeah. yeah, it's no good you being there. And you obviously you can rely on word word of mouth and word of mouth is actually very powerful, but like you need to get those those people in the door in the first place.
1: And that's exactly you're exactly right, Sina. So that's what I'd focus on. If I was if I was to go into business again, any form of business, and I, I apply this to all my businesses now, um, uh, but I would reverse engineer it. So you you pick a goal, this is where you want to end up, and then you start, you know, peeling it back and how you you know, you reverse engineer how you wanna get there. So maybe you see some successful people that are already doing it, you see what they've done previously and you kind of you know what to do from then.
0: So if you were to like start from scratch, like literally like your business has been taken away, they found out you did that illegal activity, that's it, mate. No more force to fitness for you. It's all it's all gone. You have to literally start from scratch. How would you reverse engineer it now?
1: You know, I would focus on and this is the one thing I've really hated. And I've invested probably twenty grand into self-development over the last couple of years and time and time again, right from start to finish, everyone's saying, you know, pick your avatar and that's your main thing. And I used to hate that section because it was just, you know, a long sheet of paper you had to fill in your ideal client. And I was like, I just want to service everyone because I don't want to, you know, I don't want to um, pull my eggs in one basket, which is the wrong thing to do because let's just say you're a fitness coach and you want to get as many clients as possible. But in reality, uh, the best way to do that would be just say, you know, you're, you're an expert in one field for example you're a you know i'm a fitness coach who helps uh pre-native women lose weight or you know whoever it is help CEOs uh, get some energy back in their business or whatever it is so you have a very profound sort of very niche down um statement and even though it sounds like you're gonna not attract anyone else first of all you're gonna know your customer better than anyone else will and because they'll see that you are the kind of person that trains them they'll come straight to you and as a result of that as a result of all the transformations that you're going to be putting up a lot of other people both men and women that are not related to your demographic are going to come to you as well whereas if you try to please everyone no one's going to hear about it
0: and also like you you're digging down into your like ideal customer as much as possible and i've written a blog about this I'm, i'm posting it fairly soon about like customer personas and how important that is. Like, I feel like business owners, maybe, maybe not yourself. Actually, from what you've just told me, I don't get that vibe from you. But a lot of like people who start a business focus on the numbers side and the the quantitative analysis, where they basically say like, "Oh, I want
1: vanity metrics."
0: Yeah, I want people like twenty to twenty-five. I want mm-hmm. like men primarily, like this percentage. Like, it's all it's all numbers based, right? Yeah. But customer personas, what I what I'm like writing about is the, the qualitative sort of why people yeah. choose you like and that's actually from speaking to them so so actually speaking to them and saying you know what what do you enjoy about my fitness brand or like what do you enjoy about my listening to my podcast and like how many podcasts do you listen to what are your goals in the future like actually understanding them as people and this is what i'm doing with my podcast right now
1: finally enough um i was actually having this conversation yesterday one of my friends called chris he's a business coach as well um, and he, he and I were talking about the, de- the the difference between demographic and psychographic. And, you know, demographic will be, like you said, age between, let's just say, 20 to 25 men and women who live in Boston or whatever. Uh, but your psychographic will be, you know, where you boil down to exactly what the person is, what their problems are, um, how they're feeling, you know. And you really boil down to exactly who your avatar is to the point where it feels like there's only five people of that kind in the world. And you just send all your marketing message to those people and you'll be surprised with how much you'll get out of it because if you say if you just put a ad out saying hey do you want to get fit no one's you know you're not speaking to anyone in particular you just it sounds like you're speaking to everyone else even when it boils down to doing an instagram story for example if you're saying hey guys you're probably alienating a few people by making it sound like it's um what's the term called social loafing so instantly when you hear things like, hey guys, you, you're allowed to kind of switch off. Whereas if you say, hey you, or you, know, you address the person, then it sounds like you're being singled out, so you kind of have to listen. For example, you, you know, in, in a lot of filmography, you learn this as well, and hypnosis and NLP, neuro programming. So when you address a person, or you know, when you do any sort of vlog, or if you do um, like a how-to video, a lot of the time you'll find that people are having their camera facing eye level, so you feel like you're talking to that person and when you greet them or when you speak to them, you would address them as a singular person rather than plural, because, you know, then social loafing kicks in, then you kind of start switching off and you start looking at other things on the screen, which is why, you know, um, every, they advise whenever you do sort of a video, every three to five seconds, you have something else pop up on the screen, whether it's um, a caption, whether it's an emoji or just a funny sort of thing in the background. So it's all about you know keeping the attention of the viewer.
0: Yeah, through like different different stimuli and different sort of different ways of speaking to them. Wow, that's really interesting. So it, this this is the sort of stuff that you execute on your on your marketing side. I'm I'm guessing this is something that you've probably learned. Well, I don't know, I don't know how long you've been doing this, but fairly recently, like not not towards the sort of start of the business, but like as as it was developing and growing.
1: There was a lot of background work. So before doing the gym uh, or, or owning a gym. Um, I used to work in the gym as well, and I was on an apprenticeship wage. I was making, you know, 400 some pounds a month, which sucked. I'm pretty much spending that on bus fares to get to the gym. Um, but during my time there, because there wasn't really a lot to do, I had, you know, self development books. I was reading Seth Godin, who's the king of marketing. One of my favorite books by him was called The Purple Cow. Um, and that really goes into the detail about the, uh, it. It was probably one of the first week uh, books I was talking about pattern interrupts and how you know the idea of having a let's just say you're driving for a field and you just see a whole bunch of cows and to you they're just cows you just you completely forget about them and just keep driving whereas if you saw a field with loads of cows and one purple cow then you'd be like oh dude purple cow so you just take the same sort of uh, principle and you apply it to your business and uh, therefore you get the attention of the viewer.
0: how have you how have you applied that to your business
1: let's just say the gym for example we've um when you look at our gym Instagram, it's Fortitude Ipswich. By the way, if anyone wants to tap into their Instagrams, um, so we're we're very much of, um, I guess we're a mixture of a nightclub slash a super supportive, family friendly, and also a very um, basically. You when you come to our gym, you think of Gym Shark, you think of Venice Beach, and you think of the coolest brands that you can find in the fitness world in that one gym because we're really focused on the customer experience. You know, you've, you've got the lighting. Directly underneath the mirror, so people feel good about themselves when they take their picture. There's an, a wall, on this, uh, on, on the one of our walls in um, in the gym, it has everyone's Instagrams on there, so people write their Instagrams down. So there's so much stuff that's that's going on there. There's so much to react to. Um, that attracts, you know, a very niche type of people. And surprisingly enough, we have people between the ages of 17 to um, 18. Nine was our oldest client. So what may seem like is attracting a very small niche, people between the age of 20 to 25, for example, it's actually attracting everyone else as well.
0: That's really interesting because for a gym, obviously you're kind of restricted to the geography of of sort of like the people that are around you. Mm -hmm. So like one would think that sort of you're restricted in terms of, as in your audience, as to who you can actually target. Whereas so for, for like an internet or like a software brand, yeah, it's less restricted because they can go like you know pretty much they can target people around the world, and so their niche they can go more niche. But from what you're saying, mm. even when you kind of go, you're not you're not going that niche, but you're you are differentiating yourself to the point where you're very much targeting a, a set group of people mm. that hasn't actually benefited you, even though you're restricted to a geography.
1: Yeah, that's what's crazy, and I mean we're we're the first uh, Jim Nipsich to paint ourselves black. All the walls were black, and before we we're doing it, everyone's like, "It's a bit dark, isn't it? The rooms are gonna look small." And you know, when you have a vision and you 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 really want to pursue it, and you have so much drive behind it, I think people jump on the jump on the trend. So once you've actually created it, and if you have you know positive reinforcement and things like brand association, etc., are very important as well. These are all the things that are gonna make your brand worth following.
0: I want to like drag it back a bit about. Mm -hmm. because I know a lot of people listening fitness is a huge passion of theirs like I've had quite a lot of messages from people who who want to like have sort of entrepreneurs on in 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 fitness somehow you've built a business around it what were the kind of stages obviously you talked about like making some money initially from from massages and then like training initially Mm -hmm. but like when did you kind of take that leap from like those kind of services to actually like building your own gym
1: During the entire time, I think it's, um, you know, I I heard something very profound uh, when I first was getting into business, essentially, and that was, you're not going to run anywhere near as fast unless there's a dog chasing you. Um, And that really stood out to me because when, just before I sort of did the gym full-time and did personal training full-time, I really didn't know how to do it. I was very comfortable because I had a few sales jobs. I was hitting KPIs. I was earning good money. And it was just that stage where I knew I was going to love the gym way more. I knew it was my passion but I was scared to sell and I wasn't going to commit myself to just quit my job because that was scary. So, uh, I did exactly that. One one month I had a really nice paycheck from my sales job and I was like, as much as I love this, this is not my future. So I'm just wasting my time here. And unless I fully commit to one thing, I'm never going to do it with that much passion. So yeah, I quit my jobs. Um, I had like just under 20 days to make enough money to kind of, uh, pay for, Uh, pay for all my bills and stuff so yeah I managed to close a couple of clients just before the end of the month because I was forced to do it and I completely forgot what the start of the question was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I said how would you actually go from that to like building a gym?
1: So well we uh, I guess we got kind of of fortunate because uh, the person that was looking after the gym at the time has quit and the position was kind of open we we spoke to the landlord and said hey you know we'd love to take over the gym and put our brand all over it because it's underperforming and you know the gym was making less than a thousand pounds at the time and he said you know the guy was a bit ruthless actually And he said um fine you know uh, two and a half grand a month and then it, it's yours essentially luckily we had all the equipment in there but you know we had to take an underperforming gym from under one grand a month to make at least two and a half grand a month to make rent. so that's when you know the power of instagram kicks in and we started to, that's when the stories on Instagram first came out. So we managed to, you know, put the location tag and we dominated the Instagram scene for, uh, for a switch.
0: How did you actually dominate the Instagram scene when you launched? Because I guess that's a big thing as in, you know, making as much noise as you you can, like in your area and and kind of,
1: yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Luckily, not, uh, well, being in an independent gym, being a gym that doesn't have a head office means that you can make decisions a lot faster and react to the trends a lot faster as well. So we found you know we we knew that we we're going to take over the gym so we did our best to, it was around christmas time actually so we were there till midnight till early hours in the morning sometimes painting the gym black there was like 120 liters of black paint all over the gym so it was, it was a lot of paint so we did all that while simultaneously instagramming it you know interacting with people um inviting people down and all that sort of stuff so we managed to create a hype enough of a hype in different types of um friendship groups for you know people to invite their friends and You know, They came down, they listened to uh, some loud music that we had in there, they saw the lighting. They were were like, you know what, these guys are friendly. I love the gym, I'm gonna stay here.
0: It's really interesting learning about the the journey of starting your own gym brand from basically nothing. Like he started from scratch and I find that journey so interesting and I hope that a lot of people can find value from, from his story as well. So I really want to discuss with him next, what's next for Fortitude Fitness?
1: So for Fortitude, uh, the next thing is we're we're building a gym, which is three times the size of our old gym, as we speak. Also, the corona was uh, the time to kind of capitalize on the building work, which has slowed us down a little bit. But we're aiming to open around sort of February time, uh, if not March, depending on how quickly the building materials get here. Um, so, yeah, we're going to open up a, our own standalone gym because previously we were within a different building, um, like another building, which was Martial Arts Academy. Um, so, yeah, we will now have our standalone building it's a, it's a huge building it looks like a fortress so yeah really cool we're gonna open that one up and then we're gonna explore some more cities maybe abroad as well we're just looking at some places in dubai actually as well
0: I'm quite interested in like how you take this this next question because mm-hmm. you've you've talked a lot about like obviously fitness but you you've also talked a lot about like marketing and pushing yourself and your brand out there yeah so I'm interested to get your take do you think you're better at like fitness the fitness side or do you actually think or do you think you're better at, at like pushing your brand that that side
1: i think when you become an expert in your field it's very easy to forget how much you know so initially i'd say the marketing because you know I, I know how to build a brand up from scratch and how to start generating money very quickly um and you know it, t- it took me a long time to get to where i am now but if i had to do it all over again it would be so much faster because you, you streamline the process um uh, but to answer your question you know, um, I've, I've been in enough sort of magazines and publications to uh, be, be the fitness guru essentially. so I think it's, it's kind of side by side. So you're equal.
0: What about what about the start of the business? Obviously like
1: Oh yeah, no, no knowledge in marketing whatsoever, uh, just pure fitness. So we're just raging to give all this service and information to everyone and had no idea how to do it. So if you're trying to build a business, find out how to sell it first then get your qualifications
0: you kind of learn from doing it actually like the the marketing side because i mean obviously like for a lot of people fitness is their passion they want to build something around it Mm. but what comes with that is obviously like marketing yourself and your brand which i guess can be very alien to a lot of people
1: yeah i mean fitness people are not naturally salespeople, and unfortunately with any business you're you're selling and you just have to if you know if i had to give any advice to anyone start getting some sales books start learning marketing because without the basic sales skills and marketing skills you're not going to get anywhere in business. Talking about another marketing tool, have you thought about going into like TikTok? Yeah, dude. Funny enough, around lockdown time, I know you've started your business around lockdown as well. Um, so just to give you a bit of a background, I used to do a, well, I still do a lot of influencer marketing on Instagram. So just over 50k followers on there. So you know, my made a few grand a month essentially for Instagram before. And then on TikTok, I think I started TikTok. You know, day one, I was like. Zero follows, obviously, um and then a couple of weeks later, I, I posted this video, which I didn't think was very good. Two weeks later, I checked it, and there was like 1.2 million views on it. And then a day later, there was like two million. Then a day later after that, it was like 3.4 million. So I I'm sitting on just over four million views from one video, and then that obviously accumulated to overall my channel grew just to just over 10 million views in the space of two months. So I was like, what the hell? The growth on this is insane. So instantly haven't learned the knowledge that I've had from Instagram collaborations. I've applied the same knowledge. And I think within the first, I don't know, within the first two months, I've made like four grand for TikTok. But you apply the same sort of knowledge? So that was crazy. I was like, wow, well, this is going to kick off. Yeah. So that was a nice little change. And, you know, it's one of those things where it, the phrase where they say, when the opportunity shows up, you have to be ready. It's the same sort of thing. That's what Gary Vee speaks a lot about, you know, if a new app comes up, just start doing it, just start getting to know it because the chances are the next app that comes out is going to be similar to that and you have to be ready for the way that sort of, uh, that works as well.
0: Sorry, I I was like, I'm really like eager to find out more about this. There's two like follow-ups from that. Firstly, like what was the video? And secondly, um, how did you actually like make money from TikTok? Because like, yeah, how, how did that come about?
1: The same way I'm, I'd make money on Instagram, you know, you're, you're collaborating with a brand, you have a certain amount of followers, oh, okay. and you, you. And reach. So you'd say, hey, you know, you can reach out to a brand and say, I actually have an Instagram course about this, by the way, uh, which I'll be marketing very soon. But uh, you say, hey, you know, hey, I love your products, uh, I love the way you brand them, would you like to do a collaboration, and then you give your stats. They say yes or no. You know, and it's a lot of averages. If you approach 100 brands, two of them might reply, one of them might get give you a few hundred pounds and then you sort of, you know, you're making profit. Uh, So that's how it started off. You know, um, the first time I ever did it, my biggest ever collaboration, first ever biggest collaboration was with Goodwin Smith. It was the shoes company. Um, And they sent me and my photographer, actually, Luke, they sent us like 600 pounds worth of shoes and they arrived and they were in the gym, the gym reception area. So I just laid them all out for a picture and I was like, this is crazy. Like I wasn't like 13 K followers at the time. I was like, if they sent me six hundred pounds off of shoes, and I tried so little, imagine how much money I can make from this. So then I just went ham on sort of messaging all the different brands and be like, "Yo, let's collaborate, blah blah blah." blah. So, you know, I just put put the work in, um, made some money from that.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. I want to talk about that in a sec, but mm-hmm. going back to TikTok just for one second, what was the video? Sure. <laughs>
1: um, I'm not proud of it. It's it's. Do you know what? It's if I explain it, it's not going to make any sense. And the reason for that is because. TikTok trends are so quick; they literally change within the like the hour. Um, but it was just literally a black and white video um, of, yeah. It's, I mean, it's literally not going to make any sense. Like, there's no words <laughs> that would describe it or justify why it has over four million views.
0: Yeah, but TikTok is just like that. Like a lot of the videos don't make sense, but they get a lot of views. I I quite like TikTok. It's quite funny. Yeah, I'm not looking down on it or anything. So
1: I mean, I don't are, think do a lot you, of people are listening. Uh, do you, have you posted videos or do you kind of just watch?
0: No, nah, I just watch them. I I do want to post them like eventually, but I yeah haven't really had the the drive
1: to do it. 100%, man. And the thing is, people have been telling me to get on TikTok so many months ago. They're like, dude, you have to get on this. Like the growth is so much faster. And the algorithm was so viewer friendly, like the creative friendly. So I jumped on a little bit too late, but I, you know, I still made money from it. And as a result of Tiktok, I think my highest ever month was, you know, um, it, it must've been about eight grand for one month. And I was like, this, this is just crazy. And it's just a mixture of collaborations as well as, uh, you know, getting online, high ticket online coaching clients as well. As a oh, so it wasn't, it wasn't just TikTok. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was free TikTok through tiktok so oh, it's through tiktok yeah so you, you go live for example and then you know if you have your top off a few people comment some people want to get fit as well um and then you offer your services and they say yes
0: so like which one which one obviously i think like probably instagram is more profitable for you than, than tiktok right
1: at this stage yeah i've actually really died down on tiktok i haven't really done much on it um just because you know i've got my certain ads running and i, I i'm very comfortable with the income that i'm making through my own sort of income streams uh, and tiktok wasn't the biggest one of them so i kind of left it alone focused and doubled down on things that make me more money essentially i know
0: like we didn't really start off the podcast like this mm-hmm. yeah it's good to go, go on a tangent because i know a lot of people would be interested in this sort of like the, the influencer side just to give you a bit of background to people so you mm-hmm. just said like you 50k followers on instagram and obviously like growing on tiktok as well now mm-hmm. but was that your sort of like vision at the start or were you just posting video of like photos and I guess videos as well to promote your fitness side but that kind of just came with it?
1: Sinner, this is what it boiled down to I was you know just under my 20s and I just wanted to get laid and I was like (laughs) how how do I do this other than tinder um so you know I I, started doing instagram put a few topless pictures up and I was like this is great I feel like that You know, social proof is what I need at this point. So that's where the initial motivation came from. And then then I saw the business side of it, and then it sort of translated into that instead. But yeah, that's initially how it started off, and then it grew into a more... A business-minded sort of approach
0: I didn't actually ever think that that's the sort of advice we would <laughs> but you know what it's, it's an yeah. open podcast I respect it
1: <laughs> yeah and if for anyone that is interested in you know getting into influencer marketing it's it's so so easy and if anyone's yeah, interested <laughs> yeah yeah
0: there's
1: a, a the course that I've released it's called the Instagram Influencer Blueprint and that just teaches you how to literally just do how to create your Instagram and then turn it into a money-making machine because there's so many systems that you can use and it's so, also so easy. It's just a matter of applying what you need to do.
0: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, is it difficult? Is it is it hard to to, to become that level of, you know, like an, an influencer?
1: Not at all. And, you know, it's it literally shows you within the course how easy it is to, one, get followers, and two, how to capitalize on them, how to approach the brands, what scripts to use, what how to DM them, um you know how to create your own media pack how to you know how to do a follow up how to do shoots and all that sort of stuff and all the apps that you can use in the meantime to kind of help you strategize so it's it's super super easy
0: wow and that's that's specifically for instagram you thinking about doing a tiktok one as well
1: well it's it's the same stuff that you, you can translate that knowledge into anything if you have a magazine you use the same sort of stuff if you have any form on social clout of some sort whether it's a magazine if it's a blog if it's linkedin but Instagram influencer blueprint just sounds a little bit more catchy. That's why I called it that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was telling my, I was speaking to one of my friends about this. It's, it's like literally the platform doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. at all. It's about the attention. It's about exactly like and that that attention. Like, if Instagram dies tomorrow, that attention that you've accumulated, it will it will transpose. It will go to somewhere else. Like if all you, you have to do is it, be like. Yeah yeah exactly if you if you know what you're doing all Mm -hmm. you have to do is like tell them where you're where you're going to next like Mm -hmm. oh hey guys i'm going to youtube next or i'm going to like twitter or something they'll follow you
1: prime example joe reagan yeah joe reagan did a huge deal with yeah spotify yeah
0: yeah he moved he moved to spotify and everyone moved over with him
1: exactly exactly and luckily all the videos are still on youtube anyway if you guys want to still continue watching joe reagan
0: yeah, I mean, he's he's uh like yeah one of the podcast greats. He's been around for a long time. one of The OGs him. for for podcasting, and when the Spotify deal came in for him, like I know it was a big deal, but I I genuinely think you know he worked really hard for it. He he, he deserves it.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. That was a uh, yeah. I mean, if you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, you'll be ever s- motivated to do DMT or mushrooms or some level of psychedelic um or you just become amazing at debates
0: (laughs) the guy is just yeah he just talks about elk elk meat dmt yeah Yeah. it's like weird shit but it's quite funny as well yeah i like it i like his stuff a lot
1: yeah he's unapologetically him which is pretty authentic
0: yeah yeah it's it's all authentic like it's not scripted at all i take a lot of inspiration from him like because i don't really script my podcast either i just kind of obviously I know your name, your business, but mm. like that's pretty much it. I like to go in, try to be as authentic as possible. And like if, if say for instance, I scripted our set, our like podcast today, mm. I would have probably written it just about like Fortitude Fitness. I would have probably just written about that. And but allowed like going. if, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like it's good to like go off. I mean, I was going to say go off script, but there is no yeah. script. <laughs> like talking about talking about stuff like, yeah, like the influencer start talking about TikTok which I didn't even know about. Mm. So I wouldn't have been able to research it. So in the early days though, fucking hell, like I had maybe two pages per per guest that I would like basically like read out in
1: terms really? of, like
0: questions. Yeah interesting um, well you I, live and
1: learn eh? you've definitely found a good way to yeah
0: do it. i mean you, you you become more comfortable i guess that's that's the thing like at first obviously you're nervous you don't really know what you're doing mm. but you could say the same about like instagram as well like at first you're probably not like, nervous about posting very like very frequently right. showing your face a lot more. what
1: people think of you and you yeah, like the day you stop stop giving a fuck about what people think of you because it's the people that are you you know, they're not going to be the people that are going to celebrate with you. They're not going to be the people that are going to pay for your bills. So why do you give a fuck? You know, focus on what you want to do. People are going to hate anyways. People will always find a reason not to be happy. So you might as well just be you.
0: I'll tell you what, Kamal, I think that's a brilliant note to just end on. I don't actually want to want to talk anymore because I feel like that's a, that's an amazing note to end on. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure having you on The Millennial Entrepreneur. How can people stay in touch with you and stay in touch with your businesses moving into the future?
1: Oh, it's the plug time. Uh, yeah, just go on Instagram, go on TikTok. Actually <laughs> You're more not meant stuff. to
0: say that. It's meant to be embedded.
1: To
0: be no one's meant to notice. <laughs>
1: uh So just follow life of Kamal. That's K A M A L on Instagram and all the other platforms. I don't have Snapchat. Just before you guys ask, oh yeah, head over to Instagram and look at one of my highlights, which is called DMs. So you guys can see all the weird DMs that I get through TikTok. It's a good
0: weird one. DMs through tiktok Wait, okay. Share one of them. Um, we, we'll we'll end with that.
1: <laughs> it's it's a lot of pictures. It's just a lot of dick pics. A lot of um. I had a couple send me a video of them doing it. And there's just there's just you know what. There was, a, um, there was a time when India didn't ban TikTok and unfortunately, for some reason, there was a lot of my a large fan base of mine was based in India. So I had so many um, DMs from there, so many DMs from Chinese people and stuff as well, just asking, hi, you're very hot, uh, your dick pic, please. Like They literally straight up kindly request a dick pic. Which
0: is in that accent as well in, even though it's typed yeah I don't, I don't know why I put an accent on I just felt like you guys
1: needed to hear but yeah it's, it's, it's worth looking at
0: yeah I'm going to check that out because I love I love looking at that sort of thing I find it hilarious but yeah thank you so much for coming on again Kamal and I will see you soon it's a pleasure my brand take care thank you so much for listening to this episode of Millennial Entrepreneur thank you so much for listening to the first ever Millennial Entrepreneur episode of 2021 and I hope you'll be listening to the rest of the episodes for the whole year because we've got some amazing guests lined up that I can't wait to share with you guys. So be sure to follow the Instagram page because that's where all the new episodes are announced along with all the previews, all that good stuff. I've started a new business as well called Wing. It's a contactless business card. I'll talk about it a bit more in the next episode um, in the introduction. But if you you haven't followed it already on on Instagram, be sure to follow up wing.social um it's been popping off on there recently uh you can win a free card if you follow the instagram and and fill in the form in the description so yeah thank you so much for listening again to this episode of the Millennium entrepreneur and here's to another big year